This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I'm Genevieve Jones, and our guest today is Chrissy you have a new last name. <laughs> DeRocher. DeRochers. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always knew you before as Chrissy Michael Sovic, which, you know, I think that's an interesting thing to touch on is that there are within community a lot of um, huge families that are, some are related to each other, and then they all have kids who now have huge families and some are in it and some aren't. So like we were part of the Hall family and I, our mom was one of 10 and all of them were in community at one point or another. And a lot of them still are plus their kids and their kids' kids. And then Chrissy, you're from a similar kind of group of the Vandegrifts. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So my yeah. mom was one of seven. So yeah, know, similar and uh, had like 30 cousins all in mm-hmm. the area, all in community. And now I have 30 nieces and nephews. And oh my gosh. It's just wow. exponentially growing. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah. Really appreciate it. I know thank that this you for is having a... me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What, how did you find out about this? Well, I technically found out about the podcast on Instagram. Oh, cool. Um, great. Great plug. Yeah. <laughs> Follow on Instagram. <laughs> you guys want to give me your, uh, your tag? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but honestly, listening to the first few episodes, I would catch myself kind of nodding emphatically along as I listened or like oh, yeah. thinking oh my gosh me too I experienced that too and yeah. um, oh, cool. this kind of being something I haven't talked a lot about um, it sort of created a safe platform or you know a platform yeah. that seemed safe for me to maybe share and and yeah. validated I guess and some yes, of the yes. experiences <laughs> I haven't shared yet I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. And I'm glad that you felt comfortable to share too, because I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So how were you uh, born into community? What was your involvement like? Did you join or? Yeah, I was born into it. So um, as you mentioned, I'm part of the big kind of Vandegrift clan, um, mm-hmm. as it's referred to often. <laughs> Yeah, so, I know. I was like, "Is there a better? There's got to be a better word for this." But I can only think of clan because right. that's what we always called it. I'm like, oh god. Exactly. And same yeah. with um, the word gathering. I don't know if you guys yes experience yeah. that. Like, there's got to be a better word for gathering. I know. Um, <laughs> anyways, being part of uh, that big family, my grandparents, aunts and uncles, and parents joined pretty early on. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't want to get super specific because I don't actually know all the details of when they joined and how it happened. Um, I just know that when I was born, we were already in it. And uh, so from day one, really, I was pretty immersed in kind of the charismatic lifestyle or culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And additionally, we were part of Christ the King Catholic Church, which is also a charismatic Catholic experience so Mm -hmm. um had a lot of exposure to that um i was involved in community i mean my whole life up until you know early mid-20s okay um my parents took it the commitment really really seriously so yeah in a lot of ways it was like going to mass for anybody who's catholic and Mm -hmm. understands the the importance of going to mass every week it was like (laughs) the prayer meetings or gatherings were like that you know we didn't miss unless we were sick or you know something really yeah right yeah Yeah. um so we did all the things you know we did the the prayer meetings and youth groups summer camp um all the available bible studies and courses and everything (laughs) everything you can Mm -hmm. think of Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, obviously you and I are close in age. So we usually grew up in the same, we were in the same girls groups and the same youth groups and at the same retreats. And I think in the same cabin at camp a couple of times, probably at least (laughs) once maybe. And then, yeah, probably. And then, um, we used to like carpool together to go up to Lansing to visit our community friends there. And that was always really fun. Like, I think that's a good memory I have from it is like forming those relationships with people in Lansing and then being able to go there with you. And like, I don't know, that was always, that was a really good thing (laughs) from it. I think. Definitely. I was just thinking about all of that probably because I started listening to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brings up a lot of memories, but yeah, yeah, I remember going and like staying at our friends' houses overnight. Yeah. 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 And that was a, a really fun time it was yeah Yeah, it was super fun um I know everything was not as fun (laughs) as that um I guess a little of the bad yeah yeah it all balances mixed bag (laughs) yeah Yeah. so um you mentioned you were in your early 20s um when you left community right how did you um know that you needed or wanted to make that move for yourself well it was really a long process to be honest i mean mm-hmm. probably starting when i was a very young child um yeah I, I think i was a little bit unusual as a child in in the sense that i questioned really early on um mm-hmm. like i i have some very specific memories of kind of being young enough to be held and asking the question to an adult in my life um like what if we're wrong you know what if there is no god and we die and we find out that there's no heaven like what then and the answer i received was well we know that we're not wrong um (laughs) which you know coming from like as an adult yeah, yeah like that's the right answer as an adult you know if a kid is is having worries about something you want to be the person who's 
standing strong and knows what they're talking about. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was really dissatisfied with that answer. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I remember specifically too asking that question multiple times and getting the same answer and just feeling like this isn't, this isn't answering my question. Um, yeah. And, and I think I was really um, probably for us, for specific reasons, um, which we don't need to get into, but I was really preoccupied with death as a child. And mm -hmm. so um, that brought about a lot of like those questions. And then uh, I remember having a lot of sleep issues, nightmares mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and if I wasn't having nightmares, I was laying awake wondering about the concepts of like mortality and eternity wow. yeah. and yeah. consciousness and what would an eternity of unconsciousness look like? And it was, oh I mean, it, even, even as an adult, these are scary That's topics. That's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was really um, scary as a kid. So, mm -hmm. um, that like is where it all started. I mean, I was super young and I just yeah. throughout my whole childhood, I would see other people in community having these experiences and relationships with God. And mm -hmm. I was like, what is that? Like, I felt so disconnected from it and wondered what, like, what was going on. Um, yeah. How come I didn't get that? Or how come I didn't feel that? And ultimately, I think I, um, I was really just like a deeply depressed child. Mm -hmm. um, and given the time and the circumstances and generally, I think even the world at the time, you know, yeah. talking about mental health challenges with a child, just like, it, right. it was like, probably not done a lot, mm, you know, yeah. right, right. Um, and looking back, I think I, I, I had a lot of those kind of classic symptoms or signs of, of a child with yeah. depression, like, I had headaches every day and sleep disturbances, I was hypervigilant, I worried and yeah. ruminated all the time. Um, and as I mentioned, was very preoccupied with death. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, kind of like dealing with that and um, not really knowing what was going on. Yeah, my what I received, I think was a lot of if you're sad, if you're feeling down, it's because of either a unconfessed sin, or B, right. spiritual warfare, you're being attacked yeah. by the devil, mm -hmm. which is just right. another right. That's a whole other layer of fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, it really, I tried all the things, you know, I kept thinking, well, I'm, I'm just not being scrupulous enough in what I confess right. and I need to be better as a Christian. And, and it, sort of turned yeah. in on myself and thinking like there's something wrong with me because right, I'm not right. connecting with God. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I always had that struggle with the connection with God and feeling like there was a relationship 
Um, and I think just mid twenties is kind of when it all came to a head and, mm-hmm. um, I got kind of uncomfortable with how closely people were sort of watched in the community mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. um, if you if anybody saw you doing anything questionable it would get back to your parents right or your yeah your um spiritual yeah. director or you know yeah anybody. again those those big families they're all very intertwined so word gets around very fast right <laughs> yep yeah and like ann arbor and ypsilanti are small towns yeah really they are. especially within <laughs> like the subculture of community mm-hmm. so Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, there's a few neighborhoods even where like, yeah, yeah, so we grew up in one. Oak Brook. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah okay. we grew up in Oak Brook where, I mean, actually, I just saw a conversation about this on the Facebook group, which shout out to the Facebook group. If you don't know about it, there's a great <laughs> yeah, Facebook yeah. group for all of us. Um, well, I'm not on Yeah, Facebook. how they were. I'm like, th- this group is a big reason why I'm still on Facebook. Let's give it a shout out. It's called the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, they were talking about all those different neighborhoods. Like there's one in New Jersey, there's one in, um, Maryland, I think. And then, yeah, there's a few in Michigan. Like the one we grew up in, in Oak Brook was like, I mean, yeah, I don't know, at least 20 community families while we were living there mm-hmm. but yeah and in anyway. lansing too there's that yeah oh yeah that one street yeah. that like everyone Horton lives on Horton street yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah. So funny. yeah um something you said really resonated with me about like the preoccupation with death but also how being kids growing up in the environment we did death is like extra scary because especially if you're depressed and you feel like it's because of a lack of connection to god and then like hell is very real Mm -hmm. and satan is very real and eternity is very long and if you like don't have this connection with god which is symbolized through how sad you feel then you're probably going to hell where it's just suffering for eternity like i think it's just this like obviously you know i strongly feel that mental health and depression are very real scientifically based things and i but i think like some of those concepts when they're when kids are really immersed in them certainly don't help definitely i think it really exacerbated some of the some of the things i was struggling with already Mm -hmm. for sure yeah 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 Did you find that, um, so you were raised Catholic as well as in community. Um, I'm just curious if, if you can tease out a little bit or were they both kind of connected with how much they talked about the afterlife? Cause I know that Catholicism, there is so much weight on, on death and on, it's almost like that's the reason we're here is to die and then go to eternity. And it kind of, for me, I'll speak for myself. It took the it took the focus off of life um, for me. And I'm, I'm wondering if that was um, something you experienced from community or was that Catholicism or was it just kind of both? Cause they were both so intertwined. 
Oh, that's such a good question. And I'm, I'm not sure if I can tease out totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see areas where both of them contributed to that because I totally agree. And I experience the same thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as far as the afterlife, there was much more emphasis placed on hell in my Catholic mm-hmm. side of experiences and and on the side of community it was much more about spiritual warfare and being attacked by the devil or um or evil spirits or um yeah so they i think working together those two just created kind of a uh perfect situation for me to become sort of paranoid and hypervigilant and mm-hmm. um, yeah. really, really worried about just every, I mean, I was worried about life because if I'm being possessed by a demon or. Yeah. Because like, we're currently in a battle. Yeah, of always in a battle. Of spirits. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the after death. Yeah. 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 Cause if, I mean, the way that I perceived it, if you die having been possessed by a demon you go to hell right right <laughs> right 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 there's like no control apparently yeah. oh my gosh so yeah, i kind of like, um, yeah i i started to kind of obsessively um at night especially when going to sleep i would do those prayers casting out the devil of like mm-hmm. oh yeah like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> i remember doing yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's interesting yeah i remember every night before bed we like we did it as a family a lot of the time but we would say like the our father the hail mary and the angel of god prayer oh angel of god i relied on that yeah yeah yep and then yeah even when we didn't do it as a family i would do it by myself and i actually still said those prayers every night before going to sleep like long after i had left like feeling like if i didn't something was gonna happen like while i was sleeping i still do it sometimes Mm -hmm. like if i'm having trouble sleeping i'll be like better say my prayers Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was a big thing too is like that was kind of how i experienced the the sort of treatment of Mm -hmm. of my depression was like well we'll pray over you or um yeah you know laying hands on and um Mm -hmm. that like I think I had a lot of emotional experiences being prayed over Mm -hmm. because it was one of those things where I felt like I could release and cry and I I don't know if you experienced this but I found that was always really encouraged when when you're being prayed over if you have an emotional experience like that's God um, yeah that's like, like something's happening here yeah like yeah. way to go you made the spiritual connection <laughs> yeah and so yeah. that became like a pattern for me is like if I got prayed over yeah. I would be able to cry and like kind of let wow. it out and feel like okay right. good like uh, yeah, things are gonna be like better now there. Mm-hmm. yeah but then it, it didn't get better so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know a whole nother cycle yeah. of did yeah. you, when did you, when do you think you started to kind of recognize this as like depression? Probably not until late high school. Um, okay. 
actually maybe even later than that. I think I, I realized that I had depression in high school, Mm -hmm. but connecting the two, I think took a a little bit longer. Um, yeah. And realizing that some of the patterns that I had were probably related to some of my mental health struggles. And yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like such a big, yeah. like complicated subject. It is. <laughs> um, absolutely. And it's hard to, it's hard to like pull apart and find every once in a while I'll find like a string of something and be like, I can connect that all the way back to something. Yeah. That happened as a kid. And, um, yep. But it's, there's just so much of it that's tied together. Um, right. It's mm-hmm. really complicated to try to pick it apart. I think. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious, as you started recognizing this as depression, and as you started kind of distancing yourself from community, and um, you distanced yourself from Catholicism as well, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of happened simultaneously, I think. Okay. Um, probably community a little bit before Catholicism, because with leaving community, um, there wasn't that you're going to hell if you stop going to prayer meetings. Yes. Um, right. Whereas with Catholicism, it's considered a mortal sin if you don't go to mass every week. So that right. I think took yeah. me a little bit yeah. longer. Um, okay. Do you mind if I just define for the listeners what a mortal sin is? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so there are two different classifications of sin within the Catholic church. So there's a venial sin, which is like, the lesser kind of sin, um, it'd be like taking God's name in vain, like saying, oh my God, oh, I just did it. Um, <laughs> um, put it on your mental checklist. Put it on the checklist. <laughs> um, and then there's the mortal sin, which um, the teaching is that if you have a mortal sin on your conscience and you die, then you go to hell kind of automatically. So those are the bigger ones, um, like uh, premarital sex is one. But murder is also one. Murder is one. Um, Yeah, so So. it's a little up in the air what categories they are. But sorry, I just wanted to get in there uh, with a little definition. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think it raises a great point because... Like you said, murder is a mortal sin and missing mass. Not going to mass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, which I think like really for me anyway, I don't know if this is the case for you, but when I left and had to, I felt like I had to sort of completely reconstruct my own morality and like my mm-hmm. own definition of what's good and what's bad and and why. And like, yeah, when you're holding things like murder and missing mass on the same level, things get pretty confusing ethically. For Absolutely. A while. I totally yeah. know what you mean. Uh, I think yeah. I'm still doing that, honestly. Yeah. Questioning, yeah, I know like, I am too. <laughs> is this right? Is this wrong? Is, you know, what falls into sort of the ethical landscape and what doesn't yeah. really matter mm-hmm. that much? And Right, right. I think I err on the side of being overly scrupulous. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. with probably because of a combination of what we just talked about and the fact that I felt like my depression was a, a result of not being scrupulous enough. And so feeling like mm. this is on yeah, me. I need to find a way to be a better Christian, to be a better Catholic. And 
um, I think I've really carried that into my adulthood for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just to go back a little bit. Um, so when you did uh, leave community and Catholicism and uh, like we mentioned it, the focus so much was on death. Where did your hope and focus shift to after deconstructing the teachings about heaven and hell? Um, I think uh, a lot of it shifted to, oh man, um, honestly, I think my choices in life and, and my responsibility to do good and um, mm-hmm. be kind to people like really amped up because I was like, weirdly I mean I feel like it would have the opposite effect but actually I felt like this is it like this is my shot this Mm -hmm. is my life and and my choices actually matter because I don't believe now that there's someone pulling the strings behind the scenes someone who's got a plan yeah who's got the umbrella like it's up to me basically to create Mm -hmm. the life that I want and yeah and this is the life that I get and so Mm -hmm. Um, that was freeing and stressful at the same time, I think. Um, and kind of coming to terms with not having, or not feeling like I have, uh, someone watching over me, that was a really difficult transition. Um, yeah. And so my focus definitely shifted a lot more on becoming okay with the fact that my choices have a really huge impact on my life and probably yeah. other people's lives that I don't realize yeah, um, right. all the time and becoming okay with the idea of death kind of actually being the end rather than the beginning yeah. is what, you know, I was always taught is that almost like life is kind of practice for, right. For right. When, when we die, like this and- is almost the, trial incubation yes, yeah. exactly yeah see if, to see if we cut it so do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like to leave community for you in regards to your mental health and how what that transition was like um i know for me i can relate to that being tricky um going from thinking there is a plan a pretty determined like somebody's got my back to realizing no, this kind of, or, for, you know, to having the experience of this is, this is it. And I'm, in, I'm kind of the one who needs to steer it, steer that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that transition? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's another big topic. Another big, I know these are all massive, um, massive I mean, topics. I do want to preface <laughs> that I think in a lot of ways I'm still dealing with that transition and probably yeah. will, yeah. you know, for, for my whole life in some sense. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, like I mentioned, it was both kind of freeing and terrifying at the same time. Um, I think as far as my mental health went, it was, it became, I think my options opened up for what I could do for myself. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And the responsibility of it increased. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it really spurred me on to get real help, you know, the help that I really needed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is huge. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea of, of taking a medication became kind of okay. And, um, and I decided to try it and, you know, the therapy that I received and, um, I, it's just, it, it totally changed my life. I mean, I feel like now I am the most emotionally stable I've ever been. Uh, which is a great great. feeling (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow um that's not I mean this has been years of work but uh right right it I think it allowed me to really address the underlying issues Mm -hmm. maybe um Mm -hmm. and gosh I don't know if I'm really answering your question no, You're doing I you great. Are, yeah, I know and, it's a really broad question. Also, I just want to take a second to commend you because that is not, like you said, that's hard work and yeah. like takes years and going, especially like when you've been, you know, thinking that this is something wrong with you or this is spiritual warfare or whatever to like take that leap into, okay, I'm going to try something different and like maybe I will look into medication or therapy or whatever. That's like... That's huge. I think a lot of people don't ever get to that point in their lives. So, yeah. and good job. Thank I think, you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were, were you like the only one in your family who was having these kinds of questions? Like, what was that process like? Were you kind of just doing this by yourself? Yes and no. I, I mean, I, I don't think I really had these kinds of conversations with anyone in my family after when I was a kid kind of asking about what if we're wrong. Um, I learned, I think pretty early on that the answers I was going to get probably weren't going to be satisfying. So it was a, I'm, I'm going to have to like research myself. (laughs) And, um, and you know, I, I, most of my family is still Catholic and in community. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really know, I guess, I don't really know if those same questions came up for, for them as like, I didn't really talk to them much about it. I, one of my sisters and I do kind of converse about it frequently. She also is no longer in community, but, um, yeah, I guess maybe that's part of why it's so, it was so confusing and isolating. Like, I didn't feel like I could ask the questions. Um, yeah. And that's totally my perception. Like, I don't want that to reflect on on my family or anybody else. Yeah. In no, community Because, yeah. you know, who knows, maybe if I had broached the subject more often, I would have gotten more satisfying answers. But, um, sure you know, I didn't feel safe to ask and mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know, that was important. And so I did a lot of just like thinking and reading on my own. And, um, I recently came across some of my childhood journals. Oh, wow. <laughs> How is that? Always exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I feel like it was mostly just sad, like reading yeah. my my 12 year old self talking about the struggles I was having with my faith and feeling like, why can't I connect with God? And, um, yeah, so it was much more an internal 
conversation that I had with myself rather than with other yeah. people in my life. Um, and I think a lot of that stems probably from me feeling like it was a problem within me. Like, right. I'm sure. wrong. There's something wrong with me. So I need to make sure I figure this out before anybody yeah. else figures it out. Cause yeah. I don't want them to know that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like maybe there was like some shame or embarrassment Ooh. around that. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's really hard. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's the, the evolution of kind of stigma around mental health is, mm-hmm. um, I think I was fortunate in that my deconstruction coincided a lot with that, um, becoming more acceptable to talk about it yeah. and to get help and mm-hmm. go to therapy and, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious what it's like now being out of community and still having a lot of family in it and like you want to relate to and, and love your family well. And I know that for me, that can be a struggle to like show them my love when I know so much of how they show love is like based in God, like praying for them and, and offering up things for them. So how do you, as someone who is not in community anymore, um, how do you find ways to show people your support and your love? We're still in it. Oh man, that's such a great question because that's something that I really, I really struggle with. I feel like I have to get very creative (laughs) Um, (laughs) in, in my experience. Uh, it seems like when people of faith in my life share bad news or, you know, news in general, it's, it's with this, please pray for, or, right, uh, right, right. you know, asking for prayers for things. And that's really hard for me because on the one hand, I, I feel like, you know, you know what I believe and you're yeah. you're asking me for literally the one thing I cannot offer you. Like mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. not going to pretend yeah. like I pray. Like right. I don't yeah. pray and I'm not going to yeah. promise to pray for you. Um right. So that's really hard because if I say I'll be thinking of you from my experiences I've found that that is met with the responsive well what what are your thoughts going to do for me um right so i steer away from saying things like that um yeah but it is really it's really hard to find the balance between being authentic and and being loving um right because i i don't want to pretend to be able to offer something that i can't Mm -hmm. and and I still want to be able to show support. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it a lot of times takes the form of, I I feel like I send a lot more gifts now. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, sending flowers or sending something to show like, I'm trying to support you and I love you. Um, Yeah. And I don't feel like I can pray for you, you know? I don't yeah. say that, but <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah. You show you show your love and support in other ways, in other exactly. very great ways. I try yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, I think um, yeah, it's hard to to kind of draw those boundaries. I think too because right, you know, I don't get offended if if someone offers to pray for me. I'm you know, I'm like right. sure, great, thanks. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I realize that's you offering support. Um, yeah, and. I just think that my perception of sharing news now is very different than it used to be. Like sharing news in a Christian context for me was like, I need you to pray for me and sharing news, especially bad news. Now it's more, I want to share this with you because a, I want to connect with you or B I think it will help me or it will help you in some way for me to share it. Um, yeah, just to share it. Just to no, share like, it, not asking for anything. Steps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that goes for good news too. Like, I think mm-hmm. when people share mm-hmm. good news in a Christian context, a lot of the time it's like testifying to the goodness of God. You right. know, like, look what God has done for me, and like, exactly. and then everyone worships together, and it's yeah. It, I think I have found a lot more like pride in my own accomplishments Mm -hmm. since leaving because I feel Mm -hmm. like I did this like I figured this out and and like it's not like oh I am nothing without God and anything good I do is by the grace of God Mm -hmm. you know like that's that's just not the perspective I have anymore and that's not to say that like I'm sure there are people who feel that way who feel very proud and can you know feel their accomplishments to the fullest and everything but I wasn't really ever able to. So it's, yeah, in good news and bad news, I think there's a lot more, like, personal responsibility or, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, just, like, more about the here and now and, like, personal connection and vulnerability as its own power. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think that's something I still struggle with for sure is feeling the pride in my own accomplishments now. You know, I if if anyone asks me like what's the what's the most um successful thing you've done or you know what are you most proud of like i usually can't come up with anything um wow. just, yeah know, it's just like oh anybody could do that um Ugh. and and i i think i'm not doing myself any favors cuz i definitely do it at work when i get praised for things i'm like oh right you know, yeah anybody could do that and it's like I saying that like I could be making yeah, so much no. more money right <laughs> <laughs> I am irreplaceable exactly <laughs> um yeah but I I think uh that's something I'm still really really working on and and I think yeah. more recently I've been able to look at kind of my mental health journey and say you know what mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that like I'm really proud of how hard yeah. I've worked. Like I've been very persistent in trying to find things that work and mm-hmm. um, that's huge. That's, that it is, is. Yeah. It's kind of a Not weird a thing to feat. say as far as like accomplishments go, but you know, it's like, I don't think so. Hey. I think it's, yeah. I think that's the foundation. It's definitely for something to be else. proud of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. then you're building the foundation to be able to like do things you're proud of and allow yourself to feel proud of them. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, One thing that we talked about a little bit before we started recording that I wanted to kind of come back to is I know like for me, I try to be really 
careful when we're doing this podcast, but also in my life when I'm talking to people about community or about, you know, the way we grew up, it, I'm really, it may not always come across this way and I apologize if it doesn't always, but I really am not trying, I have no intention of like disparaging or bringing other people down. And I think a big part of that for me is like, like do unto others as you have them do unto you, you know, like I want to be able to live my own life, my own choices in my own way with like dignity and respect. And I think I need to like give that to others as well. Um, And it gets, you know, a little gray and blurry when there's damage done because of differences. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that always comes up when I talk to other people about this is like, oh, are you like, so are you like shunned? Like, are you like not, you know, are you non-communicative with people in it or Mm -hmm. and it's I'm always like no you know not at all I don't think any of them would ever say that but there is also this it changes Mm -hmm. and and there is very much like you know we grew up in it so we know and we've been in those conversations about people who have left Mm -hmm. and we know what is said and we know it's not very nice (laughs) um yeah, I guess I'm just curious what your experience with that is like. I know you mentioned like sharing news changes and like having to be careful with how that's communicated and um, yeah, what other ways has has that gone for you? Yeah, um, that's such a good point. I mean, one of the things that's always stuck with me and. I think makes me a little bit obsessive about um, the words that I use is, is just sort of language. Um, there's a yeah. specific language that's you that I found was used in community. Um, and people who left the faith or who became atheists were sort of referred to in specific ways. Like one word that is, particularly triggering for me is the word troubled I don't know if you guys ever experienced that but um that that was a word that was used a lot to describe honestly to describe people like me like people with mental health um just more visible mental health challenges Mm -hmm. and and I always felt so weird about it because I was like I don't think they know like they're talking about me like that yeah. I, I yeah. identify as that. Oh. Um, yeah. So that, that's a, a, a word that like, if anybody uses it, I get kind of uh, frustrated and yeah, but like other things, there's sort of this sense of is if someone leaves, it's um, sort of understood that they'll be back. Um, right. Or, right. Well, yeah. or they are being stupid or selfish um yeah or one of the things that really gets me is this sense that um anyone who leaves the faith is kind of like taking the easy way out like they just want to live in sin yeah yeah and I take such issue with that because I feel like it's the opposite I feel like the way that I have chosen 
is actually much more difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm taking more responsibility for my actions and mm -hmm. for how I live my life than I ever did before. Um, yeah. and, and not having that sort of person looking out for you or God looking out for you to fall back on is yeah. very scary. And so there's yeah. a lot more of facing my fears, like properly yeah. facing them and addressing them and finding out why am I afraid of that? And, mm -hmm. um, I, I also kind of take issue with it because I feel like my life actually looks really similar to everybody else's in my family, you know, that they're all in yeah. community and Catholic. The only difference is, you know, I don't go to mass. Um, right, right. But, you know, I, I try really hard to be a good person. I, I like mm -hmm. volunteer yeah. and give back and try to do, you know, some random act of, act of kindness every day. And, you know, it's like small things yeah. that honestly, probably a lot of it I took from the Christian teachings, which is absolutely, which is yeah. great. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is a little bit like, well, I'm not just living in sin. <laughs> right. 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 I'm a yeah. Fully realized person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even without it. Yeah. And, and the is issue like is, is much yeah. more to do with, I, f I just don't believe, like I find, I find it kind of far-fetched you know and and yeah. I, I haven't been able to mm -hmm. to find the evidence for myself right to back up the religion and faith yeah huh. yeah so. I get that yeah that's something I would always tell my parents is like well yeah if like something happens tomorrow where it's like okay that like now I feel like I can undoubtedly believe in all of this because like I don't know, Jesus has come to me and told me so or whatever, you know, like if I had that evidence, it would be like, great, like I'll yeah. come back, you know, but like, yeah. I just don't have that. And I don't have, and I know that like the community or Catholic response is always like, well, that's when you lean on faith. Like when you don't feel it, then that's when faith comes in. But then that always confused me because I was like, well, then what is faith? Like, is it just mm -hmm. like, yeah blindly like <laughs> I don't know yeah it just that one never clicked for me me too oh I'm yeah. so with yeah. you on that I yeah. totally agree mm -hmm. um because that was always really confusing for me too it's like so mm. faith is supposed to be there when doubts come in Right. But the doubts are always there. Like, I. Right. It's yeah. Just very There's confusing. never not doubt. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Oh, man. I wonder if you, um, I think something that I kind of struggled with for a while, I don't think I do as much now, but um, was this, like, because I knew the way that people who left were talked about was as if they, like, yeah, like had taken the easy way out or were never truly happy or were like yeah like gone for now but they're gonna come back all those kind of things really made me feel pressured to have like this perfect life without community mm. or catholicism like i felt like even more pressure to like be happy and be successful and like get rid of any reason anyone could possibly have to say that like I'm not 
happier, living a good life. Um, and I don't think I, you know, I think now I kind of realized that like, I guess I don't put as much importance now on what people who are in it might think. Definitely. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I can for sure relate to that. Like yeah, having, having everything be great. Um, there's definitely a lot of pressure for that because what I don't want is for people to see things going wrong and say, right. Oh, it's because you left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Which now, you know, I'm definitely, like you said, I'm growing into more of that doesn't really matter as much because I know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's re- what really matters is that I know and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you wish people knew about joy and atheism? That's a good question. That is a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I would say that it's cultivated. Um, Like I, in a lot of situations that, you know, I have to cultivate my own joy and create my Mm -hmm. own. Yeah space or world that I find joyful and and this is another transition that's been hard but like realizing that things don't always have to be full of suffering right Uh, that probably came out wrong but that I know what you mean I think what I mean is suffering isn't always good whereas in growing up I feel like it was really taught that suffering is always good because it's leading you to heaven and and now I mean I think that led me into a lot of really difficult situations and situations that I felt stuck in because I was like well suffering is technically good um yeah so I should be able to just suffer through this when the reality is I can make changes and I can decide to remove myself from situations that cause me suffering and that's okay. Right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that presents an interesting dichotomy too, between like, if you're feeling bad and you feel like you don't have, like there are certain kinds of suffering that are like God is working through you. And then there are certain kinds that are like the devil, (laughs) but, and like, to me, it's very clear which is which. Like, I know exactly what you mean. And I can think, like, of any situation and be like, oh, yeah, that one's demons and this one is angels. And, you know, but, like, that's probably not a mind frame most people can uh, relate to. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking back to how obsessed I was with the book of Job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like that I, kind of, where I it's like God is testing all. you. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I very much was like sinking almost in in the idea of suffering being something I could offer up, being something that I was yeah being tested on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a that is a very interesting. And like, I just think a funny side note to throw in here Please. is that um, because sometimes we just have to laugh about suffering too. Oh, yes. <laughs> is that um? So what, our brother died, and then when our mom died. And um, we started making a a joke that we were living in the Book of Jones. <laughs> oh, oh man! Start writing. It was it was good because it like I think it united 
it was like something all of us, whether we're in it still or not in it, yeah. wherever we're at, we could all like laugh at that. Yeah. And be like, oh, oh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, it was probably really connecting in a way. Oh, yeah, because it it's like, yeah. you, you know, my dad is very religious and some of my siblings are kind of at different places with it. And, you know, even if I'm not religious, I still obviously like remember all these texts and they have some kind of weight to me. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's humor great. Very good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, humor's good. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. One uh, one thing I did want to mention too, like just sort of putting mm-hmm. a little bit of light on some of the positive of that perspective of suffering as good. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I haven't said a whole lot of positive things, but one thing I would say is I think it did teach me you know, a lot of fortitude. Like I, I have a lot of persistence Absolutely. now because yeah. Like, yeah. I know yeah. that I can get through a lot of suffering. And so it's, yep. but now it's just more of a choice. I have to decide, is this yeah. one of those kinds of sufferings that's worth sticking out? Or is this something right. that like probably would benefit me and my loved ones if I changed it? So. Right. For sure. Yeah. That's really yeah, cool. That's a good that point. is like a good strength. And I think that's something that like, maybe even especially those of us who have left have gone through this really like, dark time one way or another, like no matter what Mm -hmm. it looked like, or why you did it, it wasn't easy, you know, and like to have to shift your worldview and your perspective, even if it like never quite felt right, or whatever, it's like, no matter what that journey looks like, I think it's a really uh, deep and unique experience that we all have that's Mm -hmm. like something a lot of people don't go through of like having to kind of deconstruct and reconstruct and you know yeah it's it's big it's big and it takes another thing to be proud of Chrissy you got a lot (laughs) yeah I'll add that to my list (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well and that's um one other thing that I thought of was uh kind of the isolation that comes from leaving. Yeah. I felt like growing up, my family was like really close. Um, yeah. And I just, the reality of it is like, I don't feel as close to most of my family anymore. And I think that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the differences in faith is a big part of it. And, and that's sad. Right. Um, and it it's is, hard for yeah. me. And so that yeah. also creates, kind of a hole where I needed to find my own resources and my own support system to help right. me get through some of the the bigger harder questions yeah mm-hmm. yeah what was that um process like like was it were you kind of able to find those supports right away or was there some trial and error I think the first step was therapy honestly like that yeah um being able to go to therapy and feel okay about it and like really share openly and and to be honest like with my therapist it took a really long time to get to a point where I felt really comfortable to share openly which I think is really common I mean that it makes absolutely yeah Yeah. because you're developing a relationship and trust and yeah um but I think that's where it started and then from there you know, she was really able to encourage me a lot to seek out more resources and more support. And so oh, good. it kind of started with just looking for podcasts and books. Um, 
yeah and and kind of grew from there yeah 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 Yeah. that's good that sounds like a really positive start like I think you know being in a position where you have lost your supports and you need new ones can be really vulnerable and I'm really glad you had such a like healthy thing step in and kind of show you where to find them that's really good yeah yeah I feel very fortunate and grateful for kind of how things have unfolded which yeah gosh five years ago I probably wouldn't have said that but (laughs) yeah (laughs) it gets better (laughs) yeah it does yeah it's a long journey too I know something Mm -hmm. Evie mentioned in the last episode was there's probably as much deconstruction as there was construction and yeah so there you know it, it it can be a long process but it's a it's a well worth it one I think yeah definitely yeah. well to your point I mean I think I'm far from the end of my process you know I right oh, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah currently you know currently I I would say that I identify as either atheist or humanist and and I fully yeah. expect that to change throughout my life. Like that's just yeah, of course. having the expectation oh. that it's just going to continue to change, I think is also really freeing. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that self-evolution is a good thing. I think this is a little bit of a, of a different uh, topic or subject or point, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I didn't always experience um like growth as a good thing I guess or like changing as a person being a good thing like I felt like mm. being consistently of God was like the goal and oh, I yeah. feel now like I have the chance to like grow out of different phases of life and different identities even like I can I can experiment with what I want my life to be now yeah yeah yeah, I've heard someone, gosh, I'm just, I think it was on one of the podcasts that I ended up using as a resource. Uh, yeah. The the host said something like, the only place that it's considered good to never change your mind is religion and politics. The rest, we're all expected to grow and mature. That's and true. If, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you're supposed to have the same faith from day one to... Yeah. To the end yeah. and and same with politics. <laughs> Such yeah, big parts that of is very telling. Yeah. You, you know, those are things that inform so many different other parts of yourself. So yeah. Would, right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Speaking of um podcasts, I just I follow this account on Instagram called um 30 Rotten Church Kids. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> it's like uh it's definitely more on the like I'd say more judgmental negative side of religion mm-hmm. and evangelicism. But um some of it's very funny. And I think I just saw that they have a podcast as well. So I'm oh. curious to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. not to not to like buzz market other podcasts but do it why not yeah like in case anybody is interested um and is going through something you know similar transition one of the there were a couple podcasts that were super helpful for me and one of them is um 
good Christian fun. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. It's these two these two people who kind of grew up evangelical and and uh-huh. really what they talk about is um technically the subject of the podcast is uh like Christian pop culture, but they always have a guest and oh they gosh. do kind of like their testimonies and talk about where they are with religion and how they got there and so that was like and That's they have cool. all different people from all different lifestyles on and it's just like wow it's so I don't know it was so great it's funny and it's um it was a great way to kind of ease into exploring some of the questions and yeah and then another one is called life after god which is much more serious mm-hmm. but um okay the host is a uh he used to be a Christian pastor and um, okay. ultimately like deconstructed and is now a humanist pastor. And so, okay. or sorry, humanist oh. chaplain. That's the word oh, okay. um, at a university in California. And he has guests on and, and talks about like different faith deconstructions. And um, that's cool. That was one of the biggest support systems for me actually, because they had mm-hmm. kind of a, a group that I was able to join and, Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So life after God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah. the host is uh, Ryan Bell. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, another one that I always liked, um, or that I think like, I don't know. For me, it was kind of like I left and I moved to New York City, and that like I didn't really process a lot of it. Like it would come up once in a while, just as like this funny anecdote of like you know I would say it offhandedly mm-hmm. like oh yeah I grew up in a cult so anyway mm-hmm. you know, like moving, moving on, on. it's <laughs> not interesting at all it's fine um and I never really did much like you know we're talking about therapy and stuff I've been with the same therapist for seven years mm-hmm. and we like just started talking about this stuff I was like yeah. oh yeah I'm doing a podcast of, yeah. have I told you about that <laughs> like I don't know if we've even talked about this it's probably important <laughs> I'm in the same boat with my therapist I've been with her for five years yeah and I just sent her this podcast it's like, yeah I sent it way. to mine too I was like, just listen to the podcast I don't know I don't explain it um but I started well, watching get the- ready for some yeah. major unpacking <laughs> for real I know I just sent, um, or not sent, I started watching Leah Remini's show oh, about wow, Scientology. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called. But that really, I think, is when I started. Yeah, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I never, because I did try to write a book about it, which I think I had, like, I interviewed that. you a little bit at one point. Yeah, we went to Lansing and oh, talked to yeah. some people. Um, oh, yeah, Scientology in the Aftermath. That's what it's called. So, but after I stop writing the book I kind of put it away for a while and then my boyfriend and I started watching this Leah Remini show and a lot of it was like I mean obviously Scientology is a very different thing and it's a lot more like a um, concern of how much of people's finances they're taking Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff but a lot of it really resonated and I was like oh man Mm -hmm. this is like pretty familiar (laughs) i need to take a look at this again so that's i think if you're like maybe not at a point where you want to listen to things that like that are very familiar like specifically covenant community things 
yeah or like evangelicism the like scientology is like an easier one to be Mm -hmm. like oh yeah that's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting that you say that though because i went through a, a very extensive phase where i was just consuming all different types of media about cults like i was watching all the shows i was reading all the books and i was listening to all the podcasts and yeah it's so interesting i i mean maybe that's a common thing that everybody goes through but it didn't sure i don't know it was it was just uh, (laughs) eye-opening yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah whether or not it's a cult is a whole episode in itself, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. There's there's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's like the certain criteria, thing. right? I don't know what they are. There, there yes. are yeah. yeah. Wasn't it investigated and in, I mean I don't want to get into like I I I'm not a professional on the history of this. I don't know for sure, but I remember it being investigated in the eighties as a cult and then it was decided it was not oh, by the that's FBI. That's what I heard. I heard that. But too. it was investigated. Yeah. So that means there are some signs. <laughs> concerns. And concerns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, there was enough there. To yeah. 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 I didn't, yeah. I had never heard that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have been the one who told you that. And I heard it from someone else. So, you know making no factual claims here whatsoever about this or anything else yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know that's one thing i definitely want to like (laughs) to reiterate like i hope everyone who listens to this knows like this is completely from my own internal perspective like yeah this is not a value statement on anybody's belief or anybody who is still in community or their experience with community because i mean I'm sure you both know, even in families, you can have two siblings go through the exact same experience and have totally different perceptions of it. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I'm sure yeah. that's the case with so many people in community. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your experience with us. This was yeah. amazing to hear from you. Yeah. I'm just glad I didn't it was cry. super fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you did. <laughs> oh, no, thank you <laughs> thanks so much for having me on it's like it's yeah. so great to I guess be able to talk about Good. it yeah and, you know, this is new for yeah me. yeah totally I hear you yeah, yeah it's it's new for me as well and I think I feel very similarly like it it feels just so beneficial to be able to meet with people and be reminded like we're not alone in this yeah yeah at all even if we had different experiences in one way or another you know we were we're in it together definitely yeah Yeah. well and you both are so like great at creating a safe space and being welcoming so great job I (laughs) I will continue to listen Oh, Yay! Yay. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. yeah thank you so much yeah and yeah. uh you can find this episode and more on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts. apple podcasts now wow. uh, i think we're still on soundcloud um and there's like others 
that I don't even. Oh, Anchor. Yeah, there are a couple other random platforms. Yeah, uh, but probably wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. What is the saying? It, wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Apparently, it really matters. Find us on social media. <laughs> uh, Apparently, well, it really matters. So. <laughs> they do always say that. They do. They do. I don't know. I'm just saying what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you do. Imitate to succeed, right? Hey, yeah, man. That's what I was told in acting class. Yeah, imitate until you, you can do it yourself. Oh, that's, hey. I feel like that's how I've lived yeah. my professional life up till now. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. All right. Well, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Chrissy. Yeah, thank you both. Yeah. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Absolutely. You too. Yeah.